ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stop up. It. Pop pass up in the middle. Got Parker's it. got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, hit in. Gregory touchdown. The Bills make me wanna stop. Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. In go to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. Ah! ESPN Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, Heard. 96.5 FM, Heard, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, ESPN app, seeing, heard, and everything in between, a magical internet space we like to call QSportsTalk.com. Can come watch a radio show. It's like, remember those posters, you know, back in the day? There was a great Seinfeld episode about this one time. There was a great scene in the movie Mall Rats about this. Shout out to those of you that remember Mall Rats. It's a sailboat. Remember those posters you used to stare at and you'd like, you had to like blur your eyes to see the image? I can never see that either. I can relate to that sailboat guy. I can relate to that guy in Seinfeld that could never see the darn poster. I hated those things because I could never, you squint your eyes, you're like, what? I could never see those things. But see, watching this show on QSportsTalk.com, it's kind of like that. It's like, Brent, why would I want to watch a radio show? And then you do it, and then you see it. It's like, oh, it's a sailboat. And it all just comes together. It's a beautiful thing. We are here at QSportsTalk.com where not only you can watch the show, you can chat uh, throughout the program. You're welcome to do so in the live chat and uh, during radio commercial breaks. The friends at QSportsTalk.com, well, they just kind of hang around. They're like that party guest that just won't go home, but they're cool party guests. You know, sometimes people hang around, and you're like, yeah it's, yeah, it's time for you to go. Like, you know, it's kind of late, buddy. And then there's the guy that sticks around a little longer. You're like, yeah, you know what? Let's have another drink. That's the chat at QSportsTalk.com. During radio breaks, because we keep the mic on, we keep the camera on, and we just keep yapping at you about uh, different things, exclusive content, and more. So, however you're taking in the program today, it is greatly appreciated, and we got a lot to do. And we'd love to hear from you at four three seven seventy six forty four Brent Axe Media on Twitter, or as mentioned in the live chat at QSportsTalk.com. About an hour from now, love ch- uh, chatting football with this guy, Eric McLean. Mac Lane and Gramlich podcast, the ACC Network. Syracuse, of course, one of several teams left undefeated in the world of college football, 33 in total, and several 
in the ACC. We've got a few games in the books, some moving and grooving in the ACC. We'll certainly get Eric's thoughts on the Cuse and Garrett Schrader and the ACC Players of the Week that Syracuse got, that win over Purdue. Now you got an ACC matchup, short turnaround Friday night. What's this Virginia team going to bring to the table on Friday? And so much more. Eric McLean, when we talk ACC football, certainly one of the first names we think of. And we're uh, looking forward to bringing him on a little bit later on in the program to break things down. Break it down. Bring in those football guys. Watch that film and everything. Break it down. Uh, Dino Babers broke it down today at his weekly press conference. We'll certainly listen into a few things that he mentioned. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. Looking ahead to Virginia, but uh, last thoughts on Purdue as well. Tonight on Monday Night Football, I don't know if you guys know this. The Bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Get ready to see the Bills triumph over the Tennessee Titans. 7.15 kickoff. It's a Monday night football doubleheader, as a matter of fact. They had to make the Bills the early game. Right smack dab in the middle of Professor Axe's class. We'll manage. We'll, we'll make it happen. Second half is what matters anyway. Talk some Bills football. Certainly look over the weekend. Hey, Jets fans! At the same time, it's a uh, Hey Browns fans. Oh, boy. You don't want to lose that type of game. You especially don't want to lose that type of game to the Jets. But That's what happened. Another crazy witching hour and a crazy Sunday of football in the National Football League. Adam Weissman has entered the NIL game as expected. I was not surprised to see that, nor would anybody be surprised to see that. But... Uh, as it was said in the great movie Back to School, the amounts we're talking about here are pretty significant. I'll tell you what that's all about if you have not heard, and so much more as we go through this afternoon program. But, of course, we start with a little football game that took place at the Carrier Dome on Saturday. And I don't do this often. I don't. But because you guys love to tell me how wrong I am when I'm wrong, I have to stand up and tell you, when I'm right. Trader to throw, maybe discarding. No, going to Gadsden. Corner of the end zone. He's got it for a lead taking touchdown, Orange. What a throw. Right on the money. Schrader took one in the mouth again, and Gadsden was there for an incredible score. Matt Park on the call. What a throw by Garrett Schrader, who's the ACC quarterback of the week, and he didn't even have his best game by far, which goes to show you how good some other performances in the ACC have been at that position in the prior two weeks. But Folks, Garrett Schrader did not have a good game. He made the throws when needed. That throw to Gatson, this throw to Gatson. Poe in the backfield right behind Schrader who takes. He wants to throw it. Schrader backing up. Throws wide open. Man is Gatson. Catch at the 35 with room to run. At the 30. Wide of the number is 20. At the 15. The 10. 5. Into the end zone for a touchdown. Orange on fourth and one. They got 46. All that and a bag of chips, and the Orange have the lead. Matt Park on the call again. Old reference there, love that. All, all that in a bag of chips. Fantastic. So Gadsden is emerging as a top target, and that should make my heart happy as somebody who is encouraged when a certain football team throws to the tight end, but he's not even a tight end anymore. <laughs> like through three games, I look at Aronde Gadsden as kind of a hybrid, but he could be emerging as the top target for Garrett Schrader. 
But that came, and the winning touchdown came, and that bananas off the charts, drunk off its ass fourth quarter that we watched on Saturday afternoon. I told you that was coming. I just had a feeling about this football game. We told you it would be messy, but in a fun way, and it was. A little stressful for a while there when Aiden O'Connell's dropping bombs to Charlie Jones and immediately answering, you know, Caleb Ochuku with the great pick six. And Syracuse is up by 10. Like, okay, they got this thing. And then they fire right back. And a game that went so fast, we could barely keep up with it. I think a lot of us are just starting to process that fourth quarter of football, which was unequivocally, wherever you want to rank it, you put it where you want, depending on how far back you go as a fan. And there have been many amazing football games in that building. But that was unequivocally one of the craziest quarters of football you'll ever see in that building. Where that game ranks, because let's face it, the first half was dreadful. Let us not speak of it again. Where that quarter ranks, it kind of started in the third quarter, but they went to the fourth quarter. It was 10-9. to And it ends up 32-29, and there's six touchdowns and five lead changes and just a blistering pace of football, which was messy, beautiful, and everything in between. But you just had that feeling that adversity was finally going to strike, work its way into the JMA wireless dome because things just went too easy in game one and game two. And how this team handled that was what really stood out to me. And not just guys that had been around the block a few times. Like you want your quarterback to handle that situation, and Garrett Trader did. Sean Tucker had a bad game. For his standards, he was not pleased with his performance. Which that, just makes me sad when I see that tweet. What? No. No. You have to say the thing. No, you got to say the thing. And he didn't say the thing. So that makes me sad. But look, teams are keying in on him. I feel like missing Chris Elmore is an adjustment. He was shaken up a little bit in game one. Speaking of that, okay, look, Dino Babers was asked about this today. My colleague Emily Liker asked him about this. I've heard this. I think some of you have heard this too. Like, clearly there was something off with that team on Saturday. Schrader in the postgame press conference said that he was going through some stuff last week. I had heard there was a little illness going through the team last week. Not sure what kind of illness, and I don't want to even get speculate into that. Dino said it was personal what was happening. You know, Schrader didn't go to the media appearance last week, and who knows. But something was definitely off. And the fact that those guys fought through that, gutted it out, and found a way, I mean, it just speaks to the experience, but it also just speaks to the makeup of this team. This team is different. This team has something. This team knows how to respond. And I wasn't sure how they would respond because of how easy things were in games one and games two for this team. And, you know, easy, relatively speaking. It's not easy to win a football game. They went into the fourth quarter up 17-7 on Louisville. But, you know, as you go to these games and you watch these games, they take on a certain feel, right? I never had the feeling Louisville was going to come back in that game. You just knew Syracuse kind of had him down. They just had to deliver the final strike and that touchdown to Gatson in the fourth quarter. Like, okay, you're done. You're not coming out of this. UConn was a walk in the park. This game, 
<laughs> this game was anything but that. As Dino Babers said in post-game uh, press conference on Saturday, uh, luck, we don't think it's luck. I would like to say we're lucky, but I think that, uh, <clears throat> you know, you make your own luck. And uh, these guys were have really prepared. They've really changed what they do at night. may not have changed what they're going to do tonight, but they've really changed what they've normally done at night, and they're really focused about giving their best performance on game day. And uh, so far, so good. Their best performance has been good. Not perfect, even though the record is perfect. The performance hasn't been perfect, but it's been more than good enough for the record to be perfect. That showed. And look, I asked Dino about this today. We'll play back some of those clips later in the show. All the close games they played in last year, there's a lot of guys on this team that were on that team. What Schrader took out of that? Now, the how his game has been transformed by Jason Beck and Robert and I, who, by the way, will not be made available to the media this week. Not that I'm surprised to hear that, but if there was one week, maybe those guys could come out. You know, they're playing their former team. Kind of a big deal, but uh, that will not be happening. Just so you know. Don't get me going on that because I got other things on my mind. Anyway, this team's on the brink of something. Dino would call it rat poison, and you got to take it one game at a time and all those things, and I'll get tweets from certain people about this because I dared to, to look ahead here. But this team beats Virginia, they're 4-0. They're going to be 5-0 when they beat Wagner if they beat Virginia to get to that bridge. If they should lose to Virginia, which I'll say right now, I don't think they're going to, but we'll get closer to that as the week goes along here. I'll just say I think that 10-point spread that Syracuse has over Virginia is an apt one. But we'll, uh, we'll do that as we go through the week. This team has not been undefeated since 1987. 5-0 undefeated. Since 1987. The last two teams prior to that that were 5-0 were in 1960 and 1959, which happened to be a national championship year. 1987, I didn't think they were going to win the national championship, but you know they were in the conversation for it, certainly going into the Sugar Bowl and everything involved there. Now, let me just stop you right there before you fire off an angry phone call my way. I'm not saying this team's on that level. I'm just telling you how rare it is. The rarefied air they would be in if they can do that. The makeup of this team makes me believe that they can because of what we saw on Saturday. They had to go through something. Now, let this be stated. Did this team get a lot of breaks from, let me remind you, was a Big Ten officiating crew? Yes, they did. A lot. Of breaks, some turnovers taken off the board by penalties, some drives that were extended by penalties. Now, if Jeff Brom and his special teams coach and those involved with all the the madness that happened at the end of the game want to put Syracuse on the 35-yard line to kick the football off, that's their problem, Okay. Sometimes this is what the football gods bring you. If you think that's why Syracuse won that football game, I can't help you because I didn't see an official throw that pass 
from Garrett Schrader to Aranda Gatson with a guy in his face taking one on the chin again and making that throw in that spot after a game in which he didn't make a lot of throws, had to tuck and run a lot, and Purdue just got to him, and obviously something was affecting him in that game. I didn't see a referee run that pick six back. I didn't see a referee zigzag through traffic after a short pass like Aronde Gadsden did, and on and on it goes. Did it affect the football game? Of course it did. But that's football. Football can be a messy game sometimes. The football gods can grant you chance after chance, even if you don't deserve them. And Purdue just didn't want to win that game. Aiden O'Connell made some great throws, as we told you he would. Charlie Jones was phenomenal. Watching Charlie Jones go at Garrett Williams, and Garrett Williams got beat on some plays, and he made some plays, and he finally had a challenge, right? This is what I was talking about. Now, Garrett made that great interception in the Louisville game, but hadn't really been challenged this year. He certainly wasn't challenged in the Connecticut game. Finally got that challenge and in time for Virginia. To me, while you can't always plan these things, football is a game of preparation and you make all these plans and you watch all this film, but what we saw on Saturday was you have to be ready in the moment. How all that preparation and game experience and the effect that Robert and I and Jason Beck have made on the offense. How about the adjustments that Tony White made on defense? What were you talking about at halftime? Oh, my goodness, do they have to just scrap the game plan. First half, Tony White is got his corners and soft coverage. They're playing off the ball, and Aiden O'Connell picked them apart. It was 21 of 27 in the first half. What happened in the second half? They got pressure on him. They made adjustments. First half offense, they couldn't get out of their own way at times. They're trying, Dino Babers uh, deemed them special plays. There's a difference between special plays and trick plays, but whatever you want to call them, they didn't work. It smelled of desperation, but they had to do it. They had to try to spark this somehow. End of the first half, Sean Tucker's not on the field, right? There was a drive lost in the craziness of everything that happened in the fourth quarter. Syracuse gets the ball back with two minutes and 53 seconds and hands it right back 38 seconds later because they, for some reason, threw the ball on first down, threw the ball on second down, then set up a punt on third and 15. It played out. It worked out. They won the game. But, man, what's happening there? There were some real brain cramps in this thing. There were some time management issues in this thing. But, like I said, football is just one of those beautiful, messy sports. They came out of this one with the win. They might not come out of another one with the win. They easily might not have come out of this one with the win, but they did. And they're 3-0. and And 3-0 and can mean a couple of different things. So which are they on the brink of? A 3-0 and that led to a 10-3 and season, say in 2018, I certainly don't think this is the case with this team, but remember in 2015, Scott Schaefer's Orange go 3-0 and and then lost eight straight games and finished that season 4-8. and I think this team points much more in the direction of what that 2018 team did. But they've only been here. They've only been 3-0. and This is the 10th time since 1942. 
And I mentioned what beating Virginia gets them. A much rarer instance. This team got tested. Adversity struck. Stuff happened, and they passed the test. It wasn't pretty, but football isn't always pretty. I saw something out there Saturday. I think you saw something out there Saturday. And I think while I have not officially pushed the button to raise expectations, if they beat Virginia Friday night, and I think they're going to beat Virginia on Friday night, all bets are off, folks. All bets are off because this team could enter an entirely different stratosphere than the one we thought they would be in before the season began. We'll get Eric McLean's take on that later in the show. We'll certainly get your take on that throughout the show, both on the phones at 437-7644 in the chat at QSportsTalk.com. Football Monday has arrived, friends, and it's a beautiful thing. Let's see how the markets did today before we take a break and keep it going and tell you how Adam Weissman has jumped Full on into the NIL game. If you missed this, we'll tell you all about that. Uh, Mike is here to tell us, though, how things went on the markets. Our friend from Lee Baldwin and Company. Michael, happy Monday. How you doing, man? Good, thanks, Brent. Nice to come off a win for the Orangemen on Saturday. It was a great game, great atmosphere. And I remember discussing with you, you brought up about a month before the season started, this team reminded you a little bit of the 2018 team. So, right. so far, so good. I remember that conversation. <laughs> I'm glad somebody did. I, I like yeah, it when right. people remember well, those conversations. T- typically, they remember when I'm wrong, Mike, so I, I appreciate it. Uh, well, that. we have a ways to go, but it's looking good so far. <laughs> sure. And the market had a nice rebound today. We opened lower, but closed up almost 200 points in the Dow. S&P followed up 25 points, and the NASDAQ was up 54. So a nice turnaround, good way to start the week. We had an interesting diamond, a stock I think we can all relate to, symbol TWNK, which is Twinkie, or Hostess Brands. Actually made an all-time high today. Not many stocks making all-time highs in this market. Uh, stock closed at 24.54, up 55 cents. And our dog was a vaccine trade stock, Moderna. Apparently, President Biden declared the pandemic over last night. We're not sure whether he really meant it or not, but he said it. And the vaccine stocks took a hit, led my Moderna down about 7%. So there you have it, Brent. Mike, do you remember when Twinkies went away and then made a comeback? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I was. that was scary. <laughs> and, it and was here, scary. Here, it, you, here it, you talk about this. I haven't had a Twinkie in a long time. That is going to change this week. If anything, well, that's good. I'm going to help that stock by purchasing some Twinkies because while Twinkies have to be enjoyed in moderation, it's been a long time since I've had a darn Twinkie. So that is going to change this week. There you go. Well, I recommend it highly. Good, nice comfort food. There you go, my friend. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. That is our friend Mike from Lee Baldwin and Company. Man, Twinkies. Been a while since I even thought about a Twinkie. Tell them about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? The kinetic energy in this city right now. I won't do the Ghostbusters line, but come on. My Ghostbusters people out there, you know the Twinkie line. Now, before we break, I want to give you a chance to go out on the field Friday night at the JMA Wireless Dome. Now, what will you be doing out there on the field? You are going to kick an extra point. If you make said extra point, you're going to the Notre Dame game. 437-7644. We'll take caller five, and you will qualify for a chance 
to go out on the field Friday night if you kick an extra point. You're already at the Virginia game. You make that extra point, you're going to the Notre Dame game. Thanks to your friends here at ESPN Syracuse. Caller 5 right now, 437-7644. You will qualify for the opportunity to do that. In the meantime, we'll break. We'll come back. Keep it going. You're on the block. ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Yes, it is, voice man. Welcome back. On the Block, ESPN Radio, presented by Wildcat Pizza Pub. Right to the phones we go, and then we'll continue to get your thoughts on this win over Purdue and uh, on to Virginia, as they say. And then, uh, if you haven't heard, we'll tell you how uh, Adam Weissman has certainly entered the NIL game, ladies and gentlemen, in a big way. Not surprising to hear that he's in the game. How he's doing it, I think, is rather interesting, and it's uh, certainly showing us how rapidly the NIL world is evolving, and it's not really NIL anymore, but it's the game you have to play. It's the game you have to play, and Syracuse is now in the game. Let's see what uh, Stephen North Syracuse has to say. So join on the block, ESPN Radio, 437-7644, the number to do so. Hey, Steve. Uh, yeah, I, I hope I'm not the, the fifth caller. I've already got a ticket to the Notre Dame game, and I felt sorry for the guy who was doing the kicking uh, Saturday. Cause, it's an extra uh, point. You can do it. He was kicking grounders all over the place. <laughs> uh, uh, that footwork's kind of hard to get. Uh, anyway, as far as the game goes, it's an amazing statistic, but in the last 51 seconds of that game, Purdue uh, was charged with 80 yards in penalties. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, there, there was a whole uh, defensive holding uh, pass interference and four unsportsmanlike conduct plays. Now, I agree with you that uh, we don't win the game unless Syracuse players make great plays. But I also think we don't win the game if Purdue keeps its mouth shut. So uh, uh, they, they, they really bought it for themselves. And, and like you said, it was the Big Ten refs that, that, that were doing it. Uh, it's great to be 3-0. and We, uh, we uh, beat, I think, one of the better teams in the Big Ten, and that's very exciting. This gives us a lot of credibility. I think it was a better team than, than Louisville was. Um, uh, and uh, if we can get by Virginia, we're, we're likely to... Break into the rankings, which will be fun and exciting. Uh, There are concerns, though. Uh, We got to get the running game going Mm -hmm. somehow. Uh, uh, We we had it first uh, and goal from the two, gave it to Sean Tucker twice, and got minus one yards out of it. And the the, the ghost of the 2006 uh, Iowa game kind of uh, uh, appeared in front of me. Uh, Fortunately, uh, Schrader then threw a touchdown pass. The other thing that uh, uh, concerned me was uh, uh, Baber's comment uh, about how if you're going to play cornerback for Syracuse, you're going to be on an island. We run a 3-3-5. That means there's five defensive backs back there. Uh, We're up by 10 midway through the fourth quarter. 
and uh, they have the country's uh, top uh, pass receivers, both statistically and very possibly in, in terms of talent. And I would think it would be possible to double cover that guy, at least on the stretch of that game, to try to make sure that those long passes, he caught a 55-yard TD and another 51-yard pass, uh, didn't happen. So it kind of disturbed me that uh, the cornerbacks are always going to be on an island no matter what when we've got five defensive backs. The running thing, I think, will come, Steve. I think you know that, too. I mean, Tucker is just too good to hold back. But, you know, what he did in that game, there was yet another play. Now, you don't want Sean Tucker out there to be a distraction. You want Sean Tucker to do Sean Tucker things and be pleased with his performance. But yet again, the focus that Purdue had to put on him, that Gadsden touchdown, not the game winner, the one before that, he did the crossing pattern, pre-snap motion again, and there was so much focus on Tucker that it allowed Gaston to get open. So if if Tucker is not, this is why I didn't understand why he wasn't on the field at the end of the first half. Maybe he needed a, a, a break, I don't know. But at the very least, you have to account for him on every play. Because if you don't, he's going to burn you. But you want to see Sean Tucker doing Sean Tucker things. You brought up that goal line stand. I feel like that's an adjustment they're still making without Chris Elmore. You don't replace Chris Elmore. No offense to Max Mang, but you just don't replace that guy. I think Tucker's getting used to that. I think that shot that Tucker took in the Louisville game where he had to leave the game is still affecting him. I mean, he had 112 yards against UConn. Don't get me wrong here, but I feel like there's still an adjustment being made. Purdue is a physical defense that keyed in on him. Now, Virginia has the 81st-ranked run defense in the country. They are not as physical a team. Purdue came in with the 17th-ranked rush defense in the country. I feel like Tucker gets back on track. What you're saying about the defense, I saw some concerns there. Dino talked today about a throw that O'Connell made to Charlie Jones that only he could make or a few quarterbacks could make in the country, right? That's fair. O'Connell's that good. But there was also a lot of catches Charlie Jones made where he had a lot of separation from Williams and from other corners per what Steele was talking about there. I feel like that was just the wake-up call those guys needed because they got lulled into a trance in the first two games, right? It was just too easy for them in the first two games. See some real teams, some real receivers. Garrett did answer the challenge on some plays, but he got beat on others. Look, even the best get beat. Especially Charlie Jones, what a breakout star he is. The way he runs, I mean, what was Iowa thinking with that kid? You got a talent like that on your team and you don't utilize him. He goes to Purdue and he's also, he's already, I should say, one of the breakout players and has receiver in the country. I mean, what was Iowa doing with that guy? That's a case of you, you can't make a kid just fit into the old square peg in the round hole kind of thing. You adjust to their talent. I could imagine like what a quarter, like a, a coach like Robert and I would do with a player like that, right? You see what you have, and you make something out of it. Hence, Aronde Gadsden, right? <laughs> what did Dino say after the game? It had to be Stevie Wonder not to see how good he is. This is the clip right here, I believe. Aronde has always had the ability to catch the ball. If you're watching, if you're breaking him down and you say he cannot catch the ball, there, you're Stevie Wonder. You're, there's something wrong with you. The guy can catch the ball. Yeah, so you utilize him. You put him out there, and, and it has paid huge dividends for Syracuse. Now, before we uh, hear from our friend Scooter to see how we cashed in 
Some future athletes in Syracuse are about to cash in. I feel like I need to mention this here. It's a pretty big deal. We knew our friend Adam Weissman was going to get in the NIL game. It was inevitable. But it's tricky, right? You have to do it a certain way. As wide open and lawless as NIL is right now, what is pretty apparent is you cannot pay for play. You cannot just entice an athlete, I will pay you this much money, you come to Syracuse, we're good, right? There has to be some more to it, if you will. But because the NCAA hasn't made it really clear what it is, there's still a lot of gray area here. Donna DeToto wrote the story this afternoon. Syracuse University's most famous sports booster has decided to get involved in name, image, and likeness and will offer $1 million per year to one five-star football player and one five-star basketball player to represent his companies. Adam Weissman will do this. Those athletes will get the $1 million, he said, regardless of whether they choose to play at Syracuse. And there's some quotes in there. There's some guidelines here. Even Weissman knows he's checked with compliance. He's checked with university officials. He's been discussing this for weeks. You can't just offer a player a million dollars you come to Syracuse. What you can offer them is, and remember, what you're going after are high-profile guys or gals, for that matter, we would hope. But right now it seems to be football and basketball players. And social media is big on this. So you represent my companies. He's a million dollars a year. And by doing that, we hope you come to Syracuse, right? But you can't just make that deal. It doesn't work that way. That we do know. As unclear as the rules are, that's like the one thing you can't do. But the fact that Syracuse is in that game now just goes to show you how this has rapidly changed in a year, just over a year, since July of 2021 when all this went on the market, if you will. Name, image, and likeness was originally commercials, signing autographs, getting a cut of jersey sales, direct endorsement for your name, image, and likeness, which that is, by the way. You're representing a company. I'm paying you for your name, image, and likeness to represent my company. But we all know it's it's a recruiting enticement. We all know, look, this is what the SEC has been doing for years. (laughs) Now it's just legal, right? Tennessee has a collective in which they can do that many times over. We all know the big money that's being spent in other schools, the collectives and the incentives that are there. A million dollars a year, though, for Syracuse to be able to flat out say, for recruits out there to to know there's a million on, on the line here. Now, this is one player in football and one in basketball. But for Syracuse, one five-star guy, If that's what gets him here, that's the game. That's the game we're in. And you can either complain about the game or you can get in the game. Doesn't make me feel good to say that, that that's where we're at. That's what we have to do. This is no longer college athletics. I mean, Jim Beheim and I had a long conversation about this on this radio show a couple of weeks when he wanted to discuss the 315 Foundation which is an NIL collective. It is an enticement. It was to let these athletes know, we got you. NIL, we're in that game because you have to do it. So everybody was just waiting for Syracuse's biggest booster to get involved. He's now involved. We'll see if it bears fruit because, as it said there, that doesn't guarantee you even come to Syracuse. 
Weitzman's big on social media. He's always posting pictures of, you know, big time, as big as it gets, celebrities that he hangs out with. It's part of the brand. It's part of the influencer thing. I don't get it. I'm not into it, but I understand it's just part of this world we're in now. You'd rather be in that game and be able to say you're in that game as opposed to we can't play that game. So that's out there today. Just thought we'd let you know in case you had not seen. Very interesting stuff there and where that will go. How many gains did we make over the weekend football-wise? See what the scooter laid out there. I hope you didn't have, say, the Browns, the Raiders, and certain other teams that collapsed on Sunday. What a hell of a day that was, as we'll get into coming up. Did you avoid any of those uh, pitfalls? Well, well, I'll tell you, I went the opposite If you in-game. For example, oh, by the way, the Twinkies... You, you know, if there is ever a food shortage, you can't kill a Twinkie. So line up, hoard up on Twinkies. Those got a life expectancy of about 85 years. That's actually not true, but stuff. I like to believe it's true. I'm, yeah. I, I like I like that that's a myth. I like that people yeah. really believe that. Well, I, I, I... They do well, last I, a hell of a long time. Don't get me wrong. They do. Those okay. preservatives, I tell you. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, 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 I have no way I've arrived when I heard, I heard a shout-out on your on your pregame show for Syracuse for the, the scooter special, so scooter special? I know I, I know I've arrived. And what another footnote was that if you remember, I said at the beginning of the year, Mountain West teams are getting clobbered on non-conference games on the road. I had somebody approach me. I assume it's a listener that thanked me because they did a four-team parley, all all Mountain going against all Mountain West Very teams good. on the road and, and hit it up. So. So the you know, so the trends continue now that we get to be getting the conference play. So that's probably gone by the roadside. Uh, we we hit the Jerry Lee Lewis uh, game. The, you know, there's a lot of uh, point spread going on. Uh, we did hit our Connecticut or our Michigan game. If you remember, uh, we gave up we gave up 47 to do it. That's a big play, uh, but we got it. 59. We got it. 59. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. We covered it. Big spread. Now I assume I assume we hit the push thing with the uh, over to Georgia. You said it was fifty five. I actually and here here's the problem. My way to halftime, the line was forty nine. So mm. I guess you got to push. But once again, in game time, so be it. Now as far as the pros go, they I mean if you waited in game, Max, man, I, I mean but those games you mentioned, you could have gotten Atlanta at one time at nineteen and a half plus. You could have gotten Arizona plus twenty three and a half. In the in the in the New Orleans uh, Tampa Bay game, and I mean the whole game, not a quarter. At the end of the third quarter, before before Tampa scored, you can get the over under at sixteen and a half because nobody was scoring. And that's what about the in game stuff. It, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and then there's other games. I hate to see uh, other those games. I was kind of looking. I looked. At, I hit the hit the over in the Miami game early. Uh, I really thought that uh, both teams have been able to score what I saw in the first the first game. So. We, we it did well. I thought maybe we'll maybe change up since you're going to do the uh, you know your your pick six uh, for the games and not sure if you know there might be times you and I might go against it and I don't want Sophie have to choose between uh, her <laughs> father and me for her educational fun. I thought maybe uh, I've constantly maybe wanted more on prop bets like Thursday night prop night and maybe Monday night prop but prop nights. How's that? So therefore you got compliment. your pick six. That's a good compromise. By the way, in the pick six, I'm glad you brought that up, Scott, because yeah. we had Oregon, and they clobbered BYU. Yep. I had Miami to yep. cover. I just missed out on that one. And right. we had Penn State at Auburn. 
So, oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was you know, excellent. Uncle Brent did uh, pretty well in college. Not so well in the pros, but, uh, you know, half is, is better than nothing. Thank you, Scoop. Appreciate it, as always, my friend. Good tips there. With li- See, the people are listening. The Mountain West, live betting. Scooter's got the in, folks. That's why we love that he uh, drops the knowledge on us pretty much daily on this show. we got to get a break, and then we'll come back. And is Tua really that good? 